Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Mr. Pop. <laughs> that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Four score and seven years ago. When in the course of human events. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama. 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Because people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. This show is sponsored by John Burns, who'd like to highlight the work of Virgin Unite, the independent charitable arm of the Virgin Group. The primary aims of the foundation are to make sustainable change through economic development towards tough social and environmental issues. These include addressing the issue of delivering health care to rural parts of Africa. If you'd like to find out more, visit virginunite.com. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. How have you been? Fine. Yeah. Well, no, that's a lie, actually. Yes, it's going to Twitter. Have... You, you yes. were sick. I have got a virus thing, which is not surprising, as most of Tilly's school has got it. Oh, okay. So I'm a bit fed up with it now. Mm, how long you had it? Woo! Have we got the Fishwives Choir this week? Oh, yeah, I thought just, just dredge okay. it back up. Yay! Yippee! Yeah, they they were very good, and they don't really. Yeah, you know, they've only ever had one airing, so let's give them a second airing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if they're fishwives, they'll need an airing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, I've had the most loveliest weekend. Have you? Yeah. Well, what did you do? This dum dum thing. 
Yeah. It's a bit global, you know. Is it? Yeah. No one told me. (laughs) I did have to remark to Robin Winning, Robin Winning, sorry, who is Ilanthi Rosa. I didn't know. Oh! Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yes. I said uh-huh. to her, you've never rung in. She went, yes, I have. I went, no, you haven't. She went, I'm Ilanthi Rose. I went, OMG! No. Yeah. So, um... You didn't say OMG. Well, Are no, you a 15-year-old girl? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. I mean. <laughs> well, I didn't go... I didn't say to her OMG. I, but I did say, my, by golly gosh. <laughs> anyway, cutting a massive long story short, you know, it's that whole thing where I jump off the plane in Toronto and I get a message from Not Contrary, do you want to come to a party? I come to San Francisco and my weekend has been full of dum-de-dummers. So I've been driven up to Sonoma and Sonoma is kind of wine-growing country. I met mm. Robin Winning and her, fa- and her family, a lovely husband, Jeff, and her daughter. They took me to a winery, did wine tasting walked among the redwoods uh then they took me for a puerto rican meal afterwards i met doug foint in the mission district who's a salty old sea dog who's a member of umra uh so ah. knows knows of cosmo through the electronic uh notice board that is the news net um and he's an old salty sea dog and um, salty seaman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry i just had to <laughs> yes 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 thank you for that that's all right um and he is currently uh between uh rhode island san francisco and seattle because he's doing a course on how to be a ship's engineer because that's what he does he sails ships being an old salty sea dog and um so if there are any dumpty dum um listeners out there who um fancy an old salty sea dog um dog is looking for love and he's a man of means ladies is a man of means send photo of ship is that the kind of thing (laughs) yes a rubber dinghy will not do it's all about a vast behind (laughs) many masts and sails and all this kind of things but he he was he was a lovely guy and i just like literally came back to my flat on Sunday evening. I was like, my God, people are just so lovely. And um, he took me out for a burrito uh, on Saturday afternoon. And then Robin and her family and her husband were just like so lovely. Jennifer Reba drove me all around. And it's just like, you know, there is a dum-de-dum Northern Californian chapter. Cool. And, and it's just, just lovely, 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 lovely. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I'm really happy for you. No bugger <laughs> has ever taken me anywhere because of Dumpty Dum. Never. That's not really true, Lucy. If you think about it, um, I've taken you to the O2 shop on Tottenham Court Road because of you Dumpty did. Dum. Yeah. Because of, oh, yeah. actually, no, I took you to the Sanderson. How bloody dare you? Did you pay for that? Well, you didn't. So who did then? <laughs> I think we walked out without paying. Shit, just don't put that on. They'll be after us. <laughs> Took you to the bloody Sanderson. How dare you? Sorry. Yes. Mm. But no, I've I just had a lovely, lovely, lovely weekend and just talked to life, philosophy, love, politics, uh, the archers, invariably. Um, and it's just been oh, most awesome. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. 
Very nice. And I got told I was a head girl. What was it? A head girl, slightly posh head girl who sounds like she's a bit of a goer if you got to know her or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember what he said. <laughs> well, I'll, Cheek. I, well I, I agreed with him up until the part was part of she's a goer if you get to know her. Because I don't think he quite said that. And I, I, I said, well, I'm a gentleman. I couldn't possibly comment on, on the last bit of, of that. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucy. Yeah, off. Shall we crack on with this show? Yes. Because I'm feeling all archered. This Are week. you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> this is Dum Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royfield Brown, who's rested after walking amongst the Redwoods. And with me, I have the woman who's walking in Walthamstow, who is... Lucy Freeman. And the people who are wandering with us are you folks. Today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by the Fish Wives Choir. Lucy. Yay! Yes. Can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumb de Dumber of the Week? Because the burgers aren't sending them in and we need some fresh ones. If you know the difference between kissing and proper kissing, send us your definition on 02030313105 or send us a dumpty dum and get in touch via speak pipe on the site. Thank you to Shambridge for her marvellous voices and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, he's out at the minute because he's been asked to go and do some DIY work around the village. He's got halfway through fixing the bathroom door at the bull, but he had to abandon it midway through as the damp made everything swell up and he didn't have big enough nuts. (laughs) 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 You mucky woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's me now. Call her in. Yes. Call arenas this week. We have a bypass load of them, folks. John Cop, who wants to discuss the dairy. Um, we have Andrew Horn. Is he an is he a new caller in I think he is. He's a frequent Twitterer. Oh, okay. He's a frequent twit, uh, but um, he's a new caller in uh, Andrew Horn, who wants to give a shout out to Millie Bell. Janice and Not Contrary, who both need a coffee. Claire, who approves of living within your means. Hmm. Yes, you you don't look at my finances, Claire. Mid Miss (laughs) City, who's a little horse. Nick Tobbett. Um, Now, there's another new caller in era. We've got a... Oh. No, no, no. He's He's an emailer. Oh, all right then. Okay. A new emailer in era. Okay. Well done, Nick. He just wants to say, hey, toots. And Maeve. Oh, my lovely Maeve, the original one of my ladies. Maeve, she's back. My lovely Maeve, she's back. Who thinks Rob will say Jess has bewitched his titchy knob. Mistress Collis, who wants Alice's job. And Paul Room, who gives us his medical opinion. But first, loose. Mm-hmm. Before all that. Why don't we just get stuck into the last week in Ambridge, innit? We began the week on Plough Monday. This is a historic day in which the whole of Ambridge celebrates the fact that they have to plough through storylines which never seem to reach any sort of resolution. Alan put in one of his rare appearances and immediately convinced Hooty Jill, who is now completely paranoid as a result of Carol Toboggan's tea, that the entire sermon was a covert attack on her nearest and dearest. Shula comforted her. She was in the congregation cleansing her soul after feeling decidedly shifty at accepting the Justin Elliott shilling 
in order to install a manicurist for the horses at the stables and a sable rug on the vibrating bed in Danakin's bedroom. She then went on to say, we're awash with keen ringers at the moment, which I misheard and dropped a teapot. The rest of the week seemed to be focused on cleaning for inexplicable reasons. Helen and Tom had a wearying chat about the shop, which is apparently turning into a sort of slurry pit with a few wrinkly apples bobbing around in it. The most worrying bit of the whole exchange was the crunching noises they were both making while they were supposedly eating parsnip soup. Then we went to visit... You were going to leap in, aren't you? How did you know that? So I can hear you. It goes click. Oh, well, just to say that Mm. uh, my hostess with the mostest of yesterday, Robin Winning, has a theory about the shop. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Her theory is that uh, Kirsty is running a rival uh, organic shop in... Oh, the one that Kate mentioned. Exactly. Ah, ah, but we can't talk about that because Kate only mentioned it yesterday and we're not doing spoilers. She didn't mention it yesterday. She did. She mentioned it on Sunday evening one. Well, she must have mentioned it before because... Oh, yes, I... she did. Sorry, it's when I was listening. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm talking bollocks. Yes. Mm. Yes, the one in... Uh, yes. Where was it? from you to talk bollocks, Lucy. Yes, sorry. <laughs> 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 Listen, the whole show is built on bollocks. <laughs> um, yes, no, that's very interesting because Kate said, Ooh, they've, they've, they've the shop had better look to its laurels because they're so much better, didn't she? Yeah. Was it in Borchester? Borchester or Felpsham, one or the other, you know, but it's, uh, it, it's somewhere else, yeah. So and um, and I thought, oh, interesting theory. Mm. Yes. Then we went to visit Roy in his den of filth. It's hard to tell whether Roy <laughs> is missing Haley, Phoebe, Elizabeth, or a cleaner. Tom, in between diagnosing dyslexia and generally now being the hero of the hour, counselled Roy in typical Archer's man fashion. This meant. That? That was my phone. I thought it was on a silent blooming thing. Um, should I do it again? Nah, you're right. <laughs> Professional. Um, yes, Tom, in between diagnosing dyslexia and generally now being the hero of the hour, counselled Roy in typical Archer's Man fashion. This meant that neither Roy nor Tom felt able to actually name what they had done. So we had to listen to a bewildering conversation in which Tom expressed regret for the thing of me what's it and Roy said he wished he'd never got involved in the whole Ujima flip the whole thing was a fog of euphemism which can't have been helpful to either of them but was referred to afterwards as a good chat and then the most astonishing episode of all which seemed to go on for several days we were pitched to about an electronic dairy or some such cobbler's for hours we keep being introduced to these new people well, that's not factually correct now is it, it if the like show that. if the show lasts for 12 minutes yes right how could this have gone on for hours i'm talking you know time is relative when you're listening to somebody talking about mastitis it feels like a long time <laughs> okay fair dues that <sighs> that point i take on the nose go on thank go you on, lucy 
We keep being introduced to these new people, all of whom are named and are clearly terribly RP and articulate. Are we going to have to listen to every resting actor in the UK read us out a sales pitch from the Witch Guide to Milking Parlours? It all got very technical and at one point I started laughing and couldn't stop. Honestly, I could go on sodding mastermind now. It is almost as if one of the scriptwriters in the meeting said, No, honestly, look, I did the research. I drove to Yeovil and I sat in a freezing milking parlour with a cup with a farmer for three hours while he talked about herring bones and collecting yards. And I am buggered if it's going to waste. So we're putting it all in on Wednesday. Uh, Johnny left the table after finishing a bowl of Pat's chewy soup to go and set up the cow race. That's nice. They have to go through the slalom, round the wheelie bins, twice round the living room, and the last one into the collecting yard gets mastitis. Bridge Farm seems to have gone completely mad in Tony's absence. Not only are the cows running races, they are also on a low-carb diet, apparently. Then it's juicing, a fast day every Wednesday, and mindful meditation with Kate. Clary is fed up of working with Helen. You ask her a simple question and she jumps down your throat she said to Susan a simple question like I've just sneezed in the rhubarb yoghurt is that okay Clary and Susan are making Emma's wedding dress after Emma threatened to wear one she pulled out the bins around the back of Underwoods I thought that was lovely by the way it was quite sweet wasn't it yeah we've been making clothes all our lives said Clary really the only thing I've ever heard Susan stitching up was Jennifer when she suggested she might have a go on <laughs> sticky units <laughs> Some outfit called the Child Support Agency has written to me, said an outraged Rob, making them sound like a firm of dodgy plumbers rather than the organisation that is going to dance upon his grave, or more likely Adams. But more of that later. Helen, what? Oh, well, sorry, more on that later. Yes. <laughs> Helen, your secret is safe with me. Archer trotted off to Pat to express her shock and horror at Jess's audacity in suggesting that little Ethernet may be the product of titchy sperm. Pat gave a sharp, are you sure? Which leads me to predict high jinks ahead, with Pat chasing him round the cyber dairy with a vacuum pump, shouting, I just want to be sure, Rob. And every member of the Archer's clan is spending like there's no tomorrow on the shaky premise that Justin Elliott is going to buy the inexplicably waterlogged Brookfield and they are going to buy the overpriced Handy Hock. Kenton announced that he wants to be in control of his own destiny. This is a man who is barely in control of his own bowels. But no matter, we have the save campaign. Or do we? The opposition seems solely to consist of Jennifer and her private detective agency saying, well, it makes me cross and shoeless sighing. So stand by for the save the save campaign and offshoot of the ban the bypass bypass lobby. And finally, <laughs> banned news for Lillian. Matsky is off ski to do a bit of bareback wrestling with Vladimir Putin. Lillian got back from her jaunt to find the safe door open, the pictures and the good wine gone. Harassment burns in his role as Ambridge's permanent on-site policeman, which is amazing as most rural police forces have to cover about 400 square miles. Trotted over to the Dower House, sharpening his junior detective's notebook and turning over a new leaf of his pencil. Did he take the good wine? He asked Lillian brightly. <laughs> no! He took the Ernest and Julio Gallo and left the Chateau Margot harassment, you massive durbrain. But did his razor-sharp detecting brain stop there? No, it did not. Oh, look, he said, adjusting his plastic deerstalker hat available at Toys R Us, age three to four, where it tipped over one eye. A piece of paper with some writing on it. 
or a note, as we call it in English. Now, this, of course, <laughs> triggered Jennifer's anxiety klaxon. It's like the Batman signal in reverse. She hears the klaxon, identifies the crisis, and whizzes straight over to make everything so much worse. Lillian, to her credit, made her stand out in the rain and then refused to make her a cup of tea, which I thought was quite restrained. If I'd been Lillian, I'd have given her a thump up the bracket just for the hell of it, but then I'm like that. So there we leave it. Poor Puscat, abandoned, alone in the echoing dower house, her only souvenir, a massive poo in the cat tray. Right. Now, I'm not happy about yeah. Matt disappearing, and I'll tell you the no. reason why. Right. Apart from the fact that him and Lillian were just gold together, absolute yes. gold, and you believed in their relationship down to the tiger pussycat pet nature, yeah. etc., etc., etc. Though Matt's backstory was a little bit too colourful, he was one of the few male characters in the whole bloody thing that had another dimension to him. Yeah. And he wasn't just middle class permanently... Well, Weary listen, that's your hobby horse, right? Sorry. You're, 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 being a member of the middle class, you go for this thing of self, self-hating. So I want to move <laughs> on that, Lucy, <laughs> right? But, 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 he, you know, the more I think about the archers, the more I marvel on the fact that somebody like Helen is written so, so deftly mm. and... All of the characters who truly, truly, truly are written with subtlety and with colour, with light and shade, etc., are all female. The men mm. are lit to the almost exclusively somewhat 2D. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you had a character which we all loved, who was a little bit of a rogue. You know, he displayed his love for, Lily, for, for Lillian though he had another side to him etc etc and he's gone and I just wonder um, why is it that the male characters aren't written with a little bit more colour yeah and and uh, also he took the mickey out of the village yes he, he didn't fall for all the, 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 the rubbish about it you know that he didn't he didn't go go whoopee about the flower and produce show and you know and he took the mickey out of Lillian and knitting and you know he was always a bit sort of boringly patronising to Peggy because you know he's sort of very conscious that yeah she's a matriarch and we have to go through this stuff but mm. it was just great yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's a uh, uh, apparently the actor has left I really really hope that's not true and I really really hope Matt is going to be back and the original actor coming yes. back because I well, thought he was yeah, well, I think Matt Crawford, the actor that plays Matt Crawford, um, is in that he's in that kind of pantheon of arch actors you couldn't replace him because his voice is so distinctive. Mm. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's literally up there with, with uh, the actress that plays Linda Snell. You cannot mm-hmm. replace him. Yeah. People would just would just give up and just like switch their radios off, and ratings would just plummet if they have, you know, mm. some kind of RP Matt that just turns up. Yeah. Know, so. Uh, I hope, I hope, I hope he hasn't left. It did cause a humongous... When I get onto the Tweets of the Week bit, there is... It caused more um, more chat than anything else this week because people were so upset that he was gone. Mm. And also, it didn't seem to fit with the... You know, he's put up with so much from Lillian. She's put up from so much with him. Mm-hmm. Would he just vanish with absolutely no backstory? No, I mean, I, I'm hoping that we are going to get some kind of fill-in and... 
as to what on earth happened. But uh, I don't know. It's just very sudden, very abrupt. And everyone's going, what? What? He's gone. You know. Yeah. Well, the the only way it makes any kind of sense is if it is the Russian mafia's kind of caught up. Mm. And mm. I'm quite. But then happy. that only makes sense if you listen to Radio 4 Extra. That well, makes that, no sense to me. That's what I was just about to say. And that actually, I'm quite happy to leave all that Russian mafia nonsense, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but it was nonsense, over in Moscow and also... Mm. Um, in gosh, where did they go? They went somewhere in in the Adriatic at first, didn't they? Then they went over to Moscow. So, and we don't need um, you know moustache twirling Russian heavies, you know, so to speak, you know, up and up and down the Borges bypass, you know, looking yeah. for that. This is somewhat <laughs> ridiculous. So, Hello, uh, we have recently moved into Lower Loxley. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know him, man? called met <laughs> yes yeah so let's hope that he hasn't left left and it's just mm. some brief little sojourn and uh, we're going to get him back because yeah. you know a couple like that you know you break them up at their peril yeah absolutely yeah. um loose mm-hmm. uh did you, oh by the way did you notice i i didn't really interrupt did you notice I did notice. Did you notice that Jolene, Jolene, is following us? Is she? She is. And I screamed and then wrote it on Twitter that I'd screamed. <laughs> and, and I said, will you come on the show? And she hasn't answered. So that's great. <laughs> um, but wouldn't it be fab? Oh, yes. We, we need to get Jolene, Jolene on do. the show. We, absolutely we need to do. get a picture of Jolene in her Hello You Too t-shirt. Mm. And I um, I was awoken because of the time difference here. I was awoken. Uh, my, my electronic devices were, were a buzzing and a tweeting. And I, and I woke up to the fact that uh, there is a, a hashtag, pray for Royfield. Hashtag pray for Royfield. Yes. Yes. It was followed up by Joanna Van Camp and saying, get over it, man. <laughs> Which, <laughs> a bit harsh, I felt, but you know. <laughs> Yes. I can see her point. Uh, but so so anyway, I'm I'm completely over Fallon and I'm all about that. That really made right me now. laugh. I, I'm going to. But with Yokel Bear saying thoughts are with Royfield at this <laughs> difficult time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I've moved on. I've moved on. I'm all about Kate Aldridge. I'm going to, uh, you know, what Connie couldn't do, I'm going to do. I'm going to tame her. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm lying. I'm still in love with Fallon, but I just need to deflect here. I just I like it, it's it's so yeah. hard. It's hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but listen, this show yeah. is not about us. We have egos aplenty, you and I. Why don't we turn things over to our wonderful caller inners? Yay! Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Hi, this is John Cop here. I don't want to talk about this week's EastEnders storyline or the fact that that poor actor who played Lucas that you had on a little while ago never looks likely to get a call now that new Kate who's even more flaky than old Kate is back and has dumped her South African family. Incidentally, if Roy gets back to her, does that count as number two Archer's woman or number three Archer's woman that he's been through? Anyway, I want to talk about the state of dairy farming in the UK because it is supposed to be an agricultural programme. And there was a news item this week about the disastrous state of the British dairy industry driven by the predatory pricing of the supermarkets over milk. 
And next time you go to the supermarket and buy four pints of milk for a pound, think about the poor farmer. Anyway, they interviewed a farmer who had just installed a robotic milking parlour and he said, well, it was just keeping him above water. Now, to David and Ruth and their daughter, they just anticipated this money, which we know is never going to happen, but it is a fantasy. So if it does happen, they're now planning to spend an enormous amount of money on capital expenditure on a robotic milking parlour. They're never going to get it back. They've obviously got no business sense at all. They don't talk at all about the state of dairy farming in the UK, even though we're supposed to have an agricultural editor. Um, and what worries me most is that their daughter, who's been to college, doesn't seem to have any comprehension of what a business plan is, because if I had that sort of money, I'd buy a Lamborghini rather than spend it on a milking parlour. My last point is on that subject that no Royfield's got people to declare their occupations. I've never heard a farmer ring in. Have a nice day. Roy and Kate could get back together. Uh, he's vulnerable. I'm not sure he's that vulnerable. And I'm also not sure that you should use the phrase been through Kate and Elizabeth, John Cop, as it sounds more like Dinah Rod than anything else. Um... <laughs> Uh, yes, and and he talks about this flipping nonsense with robotic parlours and cyber cows and d- who will it drain and there's less bullying in the collecting. We don't care. We know it's about farms. We get that. The farming is what we put up with to get to the good bit. And we've had a lot of farming in the last week. I'm but not sure. No, I- oh. no. You, you know, these bloody scriptwriters can't win because you people, you moan, right? You got Cosmo who forensically takes everything to pieces. And, uh, yes. And then they put in a bit of detail to say, look, we have actually done a some bit. research. <laughs> I could draw you- a milking parlour from sodding memory now. What do you mean a bit? <sighs> I thought it added. Uh, detail to the complexities of setting up a new milking parlour and I who cares because they're not going anyway you know what what everybody but everybody is screaming at me where, where you just say the archers and they say they're not going why are you doing this <laughs> even Baz Bamig boy who follows us now said they're not going I don't he he actually sparked a row a family row Ooh. on New Year's Day he said uh-huh. a bit of inter-Nissan squabbling yes. because he said casually well they're not going and his wife went nuts and said yes they are and they finished up having a massive row on New Year's Day about the archers Oh, that was excellent. That's a sign of a devoted listener. If you can disrupt your entire, <laughs> an entire family occasion. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, right? Um, it's interesting watching the dynamics of a couple, the mm. Mr. and Mrs. Winning, um, who are very obviously not only devoted to each other and thoroughly decent human beings but uh, so Robin is you know I'm the Archers listener and they got into listening to the Archers when they lived in Keswick in the early 80s they check this out they lived for one year bear in mind this is about the early 1980s you know because they talked about Norman Tebbit and his cricket test so we're talking about 1982 something like that 1983 
they lived for a whole year on £3,000. Blimey. Blimey indeed. Blimey indeed. Right, but anyway, so she's the big Archers fan and she got into the Archers then and Jeff has had to put up with it. And of course he says, mm-hmm. oh, I don't listen to it. I don't know what's going on. Oh, they're not actually going to leave and go to Northumbria. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, this kind of faux, oh, I don't listen to it. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, nobody likes Ruth though, do they, Roy Field? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, um, yes. Uh, so what, what, what? what's my opinion on this, Lucy? Please tell me. Oh, I've got no, I mean, do you do you genuinely think they're going to go? Yes or no? No, in that they are the absolute centre of the show. However, so it's such why a bonkers storyline. Subjected mm. to a forensic market research into flipping milking technology. Why? Why can't they have those scenes on their own? Who cares? Let's see how we can imaginarily spend some of our imaginary money that we're not going to get on an imaginary, on this imaginary move. On an imag- yes, I know. Yes, on an imaginary move. Mm. And I do understand that the whole thing is imaginary. But you know what I mean. <laughs> it's just a massive waste of time. Mm. I'd rather listen to Clary and Susan just gossiping in the flipping yes. dairy than that. Yeah. And, it, and where the hell are they getting all these incredibly white, middle-class, RP actors who are all called something that unmemorable to make sure that we don't actually bond with them anywhere, you know, Italian anyway. Conti school, that's where they're getting. Oh, God. But I tell, I tell you what it doesn't need, right? Now, you complain about the, the, you know, the detail that they're going into about researching the move when other people have said they've done no research at all. Right, so I'm saying that maybe these script writers have had uh, steering somewhat of a middle middle path, right? Mm. But yeah, um, the one the one last thing I'll say about the lovely winnings who uh, just treated me so well yesterday is that actually Jeff is a geologist, so mm-hmm. he kind of knows about the ah. underwater tables and whatever. Aha. And I said, man, just call in, and he says, but Royfield, I don't know about the the geological topsoil or whatever <laughs> nonsense in Ambridge. I says. Who, oh, give cares, it to go. who cares about knowledge? <laughs> Ring in, man! <laughs> Do you think any of us know what we're talking about? For crying out loud. <laughs> but, you know, you can take apart all the reasons, you can, you know, all the reasons why this movie's not going to go ahead are just writ large, down to the fact that, and we've mentioned this before, and it sounds a bit heartless, but, like, why would Ruth uproot her whole family and move a farm to be with her mother who must be at least 80 who's not going to be around too much longer and that's somewhat brutal but it's the truth yeah right you know so there there is that there is the fact that there is some water shenanigans going on underneath brookfield there is the fact that wait on a minute just the, the fact that the road is supposedly going to be built through the farm you know, you're going to get a massive payout for that, I, to, yeah. and you could and you could easily stop there and just put a bridge yeah. over the bloody bypass. Yeah. Now, it goes on and on and on and on and on. All the reasons why this isn't going to happen. So I, I'm t- I'm tired of that, and I think we should. It would be like bridge over the River Kwai, and they could call it the Kwai Pass. There you go. <laughs> you made that one saved up, haven't you? <laughs> I haven't. It just popped oh, in. Oh, stop it! Stop no, it! Seriously. You've so been queuing that one up. <laughs> 
it's actually me that suggested the whole bypass storyline to Kerry just so I could get that in. Months, months. What a payoff. What a payoff. I know. It's all worth it. All of it. Especially when you cut it out. <laughs> Next call. Next call is Andrew Horn. Morning, Dumpty Dummers. It's Andrew Horn here. Two points. Uh, neither of them specifically plot related more um, admin for the uh, podcast. Um, Goddess Diva Yokel Bear what stars you are this must be a regular feature um maybe twice yearly a sort of a summer solstice one as well as the christmas version shag marry kill fantastic and the second one is uh, about the book of faith and millie's contribution moving into the main part of the podcast well overdue it was beginning to annoy me that you kept saying now we're finished and then go to the book of faith when um uh, there's so much good content there anyway keep up the good work hope everyone's enjoying 2015 speak to you soon bye mm-hmm. uh, he very much enjoyed uh, Goddess Diva and Yoko Bear's game of Shag Marry Kill mm-hmm. as we did uh, who would you Shag Marry or Kill uh, I mean in the arches not in real life well I would kill mine is incredibly obvious Harrison Shag Fallon. No, 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 no. I, 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 listen, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't kill Harrison. I wouldn't kill Harrison, right? Because I think he's going to bore Fallon into submission sooner. Like, he's okay. just too square, you know. There's a, there's a piece of paper with some writing on it, you it's know. Piece of uh, it's just oh, dearie God, man, please. How long? How yeah. are you doing? He's like <laughs> the wheelies. <laughs> I'm not getting a little Oh, I still love oh. Chalton and the wheelies. I know, it's great, isn't it? Uh, but it's Harrison. Every time he speaks now, I just get this image of him whizzing around on roller skates. Well, I would absolutely, obviously, you know who I would marry. Yes. All right, who would I shag? Who would I shag? Kate. Uh, just just mm, talking for a you bit. You know what, right? You know what? She's all yogured up, isn't she? Yeah, she's all bendy. Yeah, she's going to be all kind of flexible and she might <laughs> teach you a trick or two. <laughs> I wouldn't like but myself for it, though, because yeah. I'd revile her. <laughs> she would talk all the way through it. <laughs> yeah, I re- it really would, you know, I'd, uh, oh, God, you'd be doing it and you'd be hating yourself but enjoying yourself at the same time. You know? <laughs> and then who... Like, that's not happened before, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, that bit's going. <laughs> uh, who, who do I absolutely? Who do I absolutely hate? Tell me who I hate. Mm, I really don't know. You're nicer than me. I am. Which is another thing which has been commented on on numerous occasions. Really? Yeah. <sighs> I'm much more even-tempered, fair-minded balanced and just thoroughly decent but you're much more interesting (laughs) that's the thing (laughs) well it's nice to know that people all across the world hate me that's lovely thank you people all across the world the thing is I don't particularly like Shula but I don't hate her no Cameron Fraser oh god you are going back now that's all I can think of anybody that I'd actually want to die Mm. Clive Horribin He's just nasty. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we kill him. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Both kill him then. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Go through your list. Um, Shag Ed. 
Marry. Ooh. Oh, blimey. None of them are... Yeah, golly. Yes, no, none of them are... Leap. No, nobody's... Could I have a civil partnership with Lillian? <laughs> <laughs> um, and kill Clive. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Interestingly, I've spoken to a couple of recent converts to the Church of Archer. And um, again, I'm keeping this in uh, California. And uh, Jennifer Reber doesn't understand Ed Love. She just said, is a whiny, whingy, uh, loser deadbeat. And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. You've only been listening for nine months. You haven't gone through the whole um, him fighting with Will growing up, Will getting, um, you know, the, the kind of cottage from Caroline, him being on drugs and him straightening himself out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And actually he's doing a, a damn fine job, but, you know, mm. the, the cards are kind of somewhat stacked against mm. him. Um mm. And it's going to be quite interesting because a couple of people now have said this to me, I just cannot stand Ed Grundy. And the, the way that this whole storyline is going to go with Emma is that, you know, she's going to be the earner and she's actually yeah. going to be the, the trouser wearer, isn't she? And, and then that's going to be his um, his shtick, you know, to beat himself up with the fact that, you know, he's... His wife, his partner, is a success, is the successful one. His brother is successful, etc., etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is quite amazing, isn't it? How one day, hopefully, women will be allowed to wear trousers. That would be great. We can only hope, and possibly earn money and everything. You know, could happen one day. Nah, come on. <laughs> changed my mind completely now you've actually put me off ed i would shag david i would marry jim lloyd oh i forgot about jim which would mean i'd have to kill auntie cardboard but that's all right because she never says anything anyway so no one would mind mm-hmm. yeah oh and this is a good time for us to do millie bell so to speak sorry millie we're going to do you now love um because andrew horn says she is jolly good and she should not be uh jettisoned to the end of the not jettisoned that's the wrong word she should not be shoved in at the end of the program yes. so we're going to insert her here stand by millie bell <laughs> <laughs> start today with a quick plug for an archers related activity it's being organized by a very good friend of dumpty dum and a huge archers fan paul charles wilkins he organized a similar activity at the end of last year which was really successful and clearly a lot of fun and i wasn't at all jealous when i saw the photos on facebook no 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 he's organized this time two archers oriented tours at the bbc birmingham studios and they're on the 25th of april of this year he's um been able to secure two he only had one last time and that's great because what it means is they're going to have a tour and then they're going to go to lunch and hopefully the people that go to the afternoon tour will also come to the lunch so you'll all get to meet each other um and there's only 24 each session so you will need to get hold of him uh, to let him know if you're interested if you get hold of him and i'll give you his email address in a moment just let him know the number of places you want reserved whether you're a concession or a full adult fare, and also whether you would prefer the AM or the PM tour. Um, he said the fee for the tour is eight, oh, not eight dollars, it's eight pounds fifty, and it's nine pounds twenty five for full adults. So that's sterling, not Aussie dollars. 
nearly. Okay. Um, so at this stage, they're looking at going to a place called the Cafe Rouge because that can take 40 people. But if anybody's got any other suggestions, he'd love to hear from you. Also, they do invite um, any cast members who are interested and other dignitaries such as the lovely Carrie Davies. Um, so if any of the cast are listening or the script writers and they'd like to be involved, please let Paul know as well. And just so that you know, if um, they do offer free lunches for the uh, cast and for the dignitaries. So you may be asked to contribute a little bit towards that, but I'm sure you won't mind. So if any of that excites you, then you need to get in touch with him, paulcharleswilkins at gmail.com. That's paulcharleswilkins, all one word, at gmail.com. So I won't be going as the timing is rubbish for me this year. My third child's in the last year of high school and I'm experienced enough now to know that this means lots of cups of tea and lots of mopping of brow for her, not me. However, we are hoping that Dumpty Dum has a presence and that you will post lots of pics on the day so that I can enjoy your fun vicariously. Uh, Facebook's been very busy this week uh, with clever peeps making up special cocktails for Ambridge residents on the Amview page and a fantastic rewrite of Bohemian Rhapsody on Artist Appreciation Group by Martin Clark, which was well mirth-making. And uh, I encourage you to go and have a look at that if you haven't already seen it and had a giggle. On Dumpty Dum, we asked what storyline you'd like to see introduced or reintroduced to the Archers. Some of you naughty peeps were a little opportunistic and created storylines that made some residents available who are currently not single. Hmm, we know who you are, Robert Brum. Ben Hardy thinks we should uh, hear more from Rob's parents and Hayley Brett would like Pip to become the first lesbian character and thinks recent plot lines have paved the way for this with perhaps a frisson between her and the female host at the robotic dairy farm. Hmm, interesting. Uh, but the consensus seemed to be that we would really like some recently silent characters such as Jamie and Kathy and Matt to return. And it looks like we may be disappointed where Matt is concerned because he seems to have nicked off. Anyway, keep an eye on our Dumpty Dum page today, uh, this week, and get involved. We love to hear from you, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you next week. Hello, Royfield. Hello, Lucy. It's lovely Maeve here. Sorry I haven't been in touch for a while. I've been um, poorly and, um, yeah, just kind of out of circulation. However, um, my predictions for 2015, I think that um, Rob will eventually be forced to do the DNA test, but he will convince Helen that um, Jess is, in fact, a witch and has bewitched his um, DNA. Um, and so therefore that's why it's positive for Ethan or whatever the child is called. Um, there'll be a big palaver, she'll stand by him and then he'll go and shag Kate and, um, and that'll be it. Okay, bye. Right, so that was Millie Bell. And then we moved on to Maeve in the big press and she thinks... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That Rob is going to end up shagging Kate, which a lot of people have said, um, after announcing that Jess has somehow bewitched his penis. I have heard many excuses in my time, but she bewitched my penis. There's not uh, many circumstances under which you could get away with that. Uh, really? I, I, but I don't know. <laughs> I think if anybody could say that with confidence, though, it would be Rob, as he just thinks that he can just say anything to anybody and is outraged when they don't believe him or question it or even twitch an eyebrow. He's like, what? I can't believe you don't believe me. I can't just... Oof. I mean, Kate does fancy Rob. Clearly, she keeps saying how attractive he is, but Kate is not thick about people. She finds people's insecurities quite quickly, which is how she's managed just to manipulate the whole of her family and everybody that knows her. And I don't think she'd fall... And Well, old Kate wouldn't have fallen for Rob. Maybe new, silly uh, meditation, live in the moment Kate would, but old Kate wouldn't. She was feminist. Well, she I, I think she would still say that, that she is. But Rob, there, mm. on the face of it, Rob wouldn't go anywhere near a woman like her. No. Yeah. Unless it's that, you know, some blokes have to go and tame women, like you just said about her, about Kate. But that kind of... Um, okay. Be- uh, before I... before we get, you know, the, the feminist listeners of Dumb Be Dumb, you know, tweeting and emailing, I was completely joking when I said that. Before, so we said, <laughs> you know... <laughs> This is people, the misogynist. <laughs> you know, once the no, that was a joke. Now, Catelyn Moran, Catelyn Moran will be oh. knocking your door down. Yeah, great. You know, Dent will be kicking me up the yeah. up the wazoo with a you know, yes. spiky Point shoes. No, 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 no. Um, I cannot really. The, the only plausible scenario there is of this is that Rob would have some moment of in inverted commas weakness he's drunk a little bit something's happened with him and Helen and then Kate yeah. kind of takes advantage but there is no That's way best. if that man is properly cognizant you know straight of mind that he'd go anywhere near near that woman here is a man that likes a steak and kidney pie you know yeah. he, what would he be doing knocking around with a yeah. macrobiotic vegan drinking yeah. yoga mat carrying not yeah 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 okay and now claire from scotland via canada hello dumpty dum it's claire from scotland via canada ringing up i'm back in canada at the moment i'm between visas not between countries i can't actually believe what i'm doing as a result because it does mean i am sorting out what i do once i have got the visa but um i am trying to get back to the uk but i was ringing up to say how lovely it was this week to hear somebody talking sensibly about costs and about money 
I'm thinking of Emma and the, uh, the wedding dress. And uh, it was lovely to hear Clary and Susan suggest making it. And but, but, but more than that, it was just Emma's determination not to go out and buy something elaborate and expensive with all frills and things. And she does. I remember when we had what wasn't quite the Little Dorrit plot line at Rickyard. Either Neil or Susan talking about how she had at some stage gone through what, whichever one of them was deemed a princess stage as a very young girl. And there was such a danger, really, that that could have been resurrected from sweating with Ed. But she's she's had all of that, I suppose, with, with Will, and as she says, it didn't work out. So it, it was nice hearing her hold her, talking, as I say, sensibly and wanting something simple. And I think probably getting more nearly what she wants out of it. I mean, in that vein, too, I, I'm sort of I'm going to say this, and I'm hoping I'm not the only one that finds it a bit improbable that... At this late stage, um, David and Ruth are only discovering an alternative to A, robotic milking, and B, milking the cows more efficiently. I mean, I, I know they partly moved to Prada because, or we're talking about moving to Prada, rather, they haven't actually moved yet, if only they would. Actually, I don't care what they do, I just want somebody to make up their mind, stick to it, and get on with the plot. Um, but... No, I, I find it very hard to believe that in looking into all of this, and in looking into ways of enhancing the farm before moving, they didn't happen upon what I think they called on the programme a 50 degree milk parlour. Um, if it's as efficient as all that, and as effective as all that, I, I'm not really sure why they're only thinking about that now. Anyway, even if there, there's no way it's going to get around the uh, the updated slurry system thing in me, about which I understand absolutely nothing. Um, but they're not it, it, it looks as if they're beginning finally to put the nails in the coffin for this move up north, and it will, you know, likelihood cause as many waves as would have been caused by their going. As I say, I don't mind which they do, I just want somebody to do something. I'm loving the podcast, keep up the good work, and uh, take care. Yes, can, I Can I just say something, just before you start with, with, your, with your answer about Cliff in Scotland, I must admit, I don't think... I've ever encountered somebody who speaks quite as fast as you do, Claire. I was just about to say that. I thought she was on one and a half speed. <laughs> I kept thinking how I could slow speak pipe down. <laughs> Claire, I, I, you have an, an amazing delivery. And long mate deliver. Uh, mu- but she never searches for a word. It's all there. And it's just like, <gasps> and off it goes. Amazing. Yeah. But anyway, go, go Lucy, go. Um, uh, d- d- I agree. Claire, Emma has been a bit of a revelation recently. She is being extremely sensible about this uh, wedding. Mm-hmm. She said, yes, okay, I went completely nuts last time, but look how that ended up. So this time I want to do it. And, I, and when she said, Ed wouldn't mind if I turned up in my pyjamas. And I thought, well. I don't know. <laughs> Might look a bit odd on the photos, but anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, she sort of said uh, that she wasn't going to get let her mum bully her into going spending loads of money that they hadn't got, mm. you know, just for the sake of it. Oh, well, you can't possibly, you can't possibly not do that. You can't possibly wear a secondhand dress and all that stuff. Um, and she just seems to be really grown up, really sensible. And, uh, yeah, it was good. I, 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 I'm getting to really like her. And she seems a long way away now from the silly bag that wanted Sabrina Thwaites cast-off tracksuit bottoms, juicy couture and all that crap. No. She just seemed, she just seems, yeah, sound now. And I don't know whether that's Ed, Ed's influence or her just growing up or what. Well, I suppose this kind of her, you know, kind of growing up, if you, you can look back and it's been coming for a little while because she hasn't been in it for so long, I've forgotten her name. Will Will Grundy's Mrs. What's Nick. her name again? Nick. Because actually, 
her and Nick have actually been able to... They have actually been the conduit between the two brothers, yeah. haven't they? Emma grudgingly has kind of gone along with it, but she actually has. So, you know, if you want to draw a line, you know, and to say, well, you know, where is this new kind of Emma come from? You know, it has actually been in the gestation for about a year or so. Yeah, and the fact... But it's, it has... Which is rare at the minute, and it's what I think people would like to go back to, in that we have watched Emma grow up. Mm. Yeah. For, for the last sort of, you know, 10 years from this very confused little girl who didn't know what she was doing. She was a bit spoiled, a bit of a daddy's girl, um, throw a flick every time she didn't get what she wanted. And now, you know, she's a good mum. She's, you know, she's helpful. She's actually trying to help Ed rather than moaning. You know, she's, I don't know, it's, 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 it's watching, a, watching a, a child turn into a person and that's amazing. Very good writing as well. Yeah, yeah. Again... I'll just repeat a well-written female character who, you know, mm, know. Uh, anyway. Well, that's what you said about Coronation Street as well, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but the... Strong women and then... But with that, though, they were all utter matriarchs, weren't they? Mm, Yeah. And and actually, they were strong female characters and, uh, you know, they had the moments of weakness and whatever to to, to give them kind of colour. But but they were always formidable and they were always of a certain age as well on Coronation Street, you know. Whereas, you know, Emma looks like she's kind of coming into her own and she's still relatively young. You know, it was yeah. Irina Sharples and, yeah. you know, Betty... Hilda Rogden yeah, and Betty exactly. Tucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all of a certain age and, you know, had their rollers and, in, in their hair, etc. Uh, but anyway, anyway, let's crack on with the show. This is not a Corrie podcast and I keep on referencing no. Corrie. We've got to stop. Hello, you two. It's Miss Mid-City. Thanks again for a great podcast last week. It was really good to hear from such a diverse range of caller innerers. Quite a few of whom I didn't agree with, but that's cool. You don't have to agree with everybody. Anyway, moving on to uh, the Archers this week. It's it's Friday morning, so I've got as far as listening to Thursday evening's episode and um, just stunned by this complete betrayal of Matt and what he's done to Lillian. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, why Why should I be feeling so upset? These are fictional people. Anyway, forget they're not fictional. They're real to me. What? Where did that come from? I don't like being stunned uh, in that way. I don't really like things coming out of the blue quite like that. But I guess that's life and that's what can happen. It's just such a shame because I loved the dynamic of Lillian and Matt as a couple. Uh, they were clearly a lot of fun together and you could tell they must have been at it like knives even though they're not in the first flush of you. And it was just a really nice depiction of a, you know, a mature relationship and they seemed to balance each other out. She's a bit flighty and he kind of kept her feet on the ground a bit and uh, she softened him because he's a, a real rogue and a, basically a crook and a, a criminal and she she supported him through that huge crisis he had with being in prison for fraud and you know he really wanted her back and wanted to make things work after she was uh, unfaithful to him with his uh, his brother Paul and that yeah the stupid business about what happened on uh, Ambridge Extra with the Russians. Yeah, that was a stupid thing. That was a very stupid aside. Um, But 
um, they they rebuild their relationship after that. They rebuilt it and they rebuilt their business empire together. <laughs> um, and we just had the impression that they were working alongside each other really well. So I have no idea how they're going to um, explain this away. What exactly he has done and why he's done it. Because um, that's the only way she's going to be able to, to move on from this properly. If she can understand why he did this. Because if we didn't see it coming, then she didn't see it coming either. And um, we want her to get back to being herself. And I, I don't know how she's going to cope with this at all. It's going to be interesting to see it, but painful. And I don't like that kind of thing. It's not nice to do horrible things to nice characters. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it sounds like what he's done is completely shafted her and run off with her money. And Lillian is, is seriously wealthy. If he has robbed her blind... That is a really evil start to 2015. Um, but certainly I, for one, will be tuning in to see what happens next. Uh, Miss Mid-City, stunned by the betrayal of Matt, because she loved the dynamic between yes. them. She said you could tell they were at it like knives. <laughs> I think she's... Yeah, I can... All that sort of the purring tiger mm. business and all that. You know, she clearly did fancy the pants off him. Mm. Uh, but, you know... At least he didn't do, it's not you, it's me, or any of that. At least he, like, nicked all the wine and legged it. At least that's quite an exciting way to get dumped, isn't it, I suppose? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm ref- if it, you know, if it transpires that the actor is kind of up sticks and, and wandered off, well, then there's nothing much really the script writers could do. But, but I, but I hope that he didn't walk off because of this new regime, or mm. because he, he wasn't happy um, about some. Or he was offered some ludicrous storyline that you know, like Lillian wants a baby or something completely daft. Mm. Because uh, th- what we all love about this show is the uh, is character driven drama and you've just removed one of the key characters in one of the mm. key relationships which actually yeah. was absolutely fascinating to to listen to and, and to mm. behold and as we said earlier on in this podcast they both put up with nonsense from the other yeah you know this isn't like um as uh easy to sum up as like jennifer and brian we can say jennifer is just you know had to put up with brian's crap you know for, mm. for 20 30 years they both gave each other as good as they got really you know affairs on both sides and shenanigans and, and whatever but you knew they were still devoted to each other mm. and and that is what i wanted to see continue uh on into the distant future and to cut it short like this there better be a good bloody payoff yeah and the other thing i'd say as well is that you know we really do need to catch our breath here i don't want this to be some silly murder mystery as i said before russian mafia blah blah yeah. blah you know it's like crumbs resolve it quickly yes you know, let's not be dragging this out yeah until, until yeah christmas you know? yeah so anyway i'm getting off my hobby horse because i bloody love matt and lillian Mm. Hello you two, it's Not Contrary from Toronto. Just a quick note to say that I really enjoyed Lucy's comments last week about how Ambridge residents seem to think that tea and coffee are the elixir of life. I noticed further evidence of this 
fact, in the week when Fallon and PC Coppet Burns were in bed together and she asked him for a cup of tea. That was her first request in the morning rather than to have a go on his morn horn. That was my observation for the week. Keep up the good work and goodbye. Mary, not contrary. She agrees with me about the the um, astonishing level of enthusiasm with which tea and coffee is greeted uh, in Ambridge. <laughs> um, and she said that Fallon should, and I'm quoting, should not be in bed with Harrison asking him to go and make a cup of tea. She should be having a go on his morning horn. Can I just say, people say I am rude. I would never dream, apart from the fact that I just have said that, say that. Gracious me. Yes, but then she is countered by Janice Winch, who emailed us and said, just to say that we live in a village and we are obsessed with coffee. It is a family tradition when visiting a town with those amazing coffee shops to arrive and immediately find a coffee outlet. You towny lot don't know how lucky you are. In our house, we have several cafetiers, a Bosch coffee machine, two milk frothers from Aldi, a coffee grinder and a fridge (laughs) magnet, which reads, come back when I've had my coffee. So I don't think the Ambridge obsession is unusual for a small place. David and Ruth will have similar problems in Play-Doh or however you spell it. Love the podcast. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Thank you, Janice. That kind of explains it, really. I don't know what else to say. I think that sums it up beautifully. Uh, But I get the impression that in The Archers, what people end up with is, I think it's the only place in Britain where they still drink instant coffee. You're talking about? Jennifer wouldn't, but I bet you... Pat and Tony drink instant. Did you? What did you just say there? The, 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 Are you going to tell you drink instant coffee? Of course I do. Do you? Yes, I've got Nescafe in my kitchen right now. <laughs> and I drink I a lot of coffee. I drink a shed load of coffee. I drink a, a carafe load of coffee. I drink a, you know, a, whatever the other metaphor is, instant load of coffee. Instant coffee doesn't taste like coffee, does it? Instant coffee is like a drink of its own. It shouldn't really be called coffee. It should just be called instant brown drink. Because when you have proper coffee, it doesn't taste anything like instant coffee. My grandma used to have what? camp coffee. What? You used to have what coffee? Camp coffee made of chicory. They used to have it in the war, and she loved it. And it was the colour of diarrhoea, and it was just unbelievably hideous. And she'd have it with about half a pint of warm milk in it, and it was oh, it was unbelievable. And she said, "Oh, I like a nice cup of coffee." <laughs> and I would look at it and think, "And that is so not a nice cup of coffee." But anyway, I tell sorry. You what, I, considering I drink so much coffee, and it doesn't half make make you want to wee if you if you mm. drink uh, drink a lot of coffee. I wouldn't claim to be any coffee drinking expert about different blends and, you know, I like a this and a that. I go to my coffee shop of choice and I'll go, Americano, please. That That's it, right? I just I fundamentally just love black coffee, full stop. And one thing which is, I cannot, you can't, I cannot believe, and I have to keep stressing this to people, the amount of coffee shops there are in this town is off the scale and you can walk for three or four miles and they're all independently owned and and that mm. that is the, the the real thing which is a, a real kind of revelation but they have coffee shops in laundrettes here they have you know coffee it's, it's coffee shop attached to just about every other business kind of going and 
I walked into a really interesting one uh, called Four Barrels on Valencia the other day, and there's two queues. There's the, do you want expensive coffee queue? Uh, queue and uh, the coffee beans are actually there, and, they, and they'll grind them up in front of you, and then... And they're initialed separately. And... Oh, it's all <laughs> manner of over-the-top yeah. <laughs> And, you know, or there is the, would you like your coffee a little bit quicker? It's obviously not instant, but it's just a little bit quicker. And and that place was just, um, you know, some, somewhere to, to behold. But, you know, coffee in San Francisco is just a major major thing and i would say on valencia every fourth possibly fifth retail unit is a coffee shop but all independent wow all and they all survive that's amazing absolutely Uh, then if they smoke that if they smoke that much grass (laughs) i guess you need coffee to kind of counterbalance it don't you to sort of wake you up well, yeah. talking about the smoking grass thing, I've mm. been told I need to issue a, a, a correction or at least, uh, you know, clarify in okay. that people are not smoking weed in the middle of the day. That has to be said. Right. right. And it is a case of of an evening time when you're outside of a bar, a club, etc. Then you get hit by the, the clouds of, uh, of um, you know, of cannabis smoke. So I was told, Royful, please clarify, we are not stoners 24-7 in this. Have you accidentally brought down the San Francisco economy? (laughs) (laughs) Investors are pulling out all of the It was the San Francisco Tourist Board that, you know, Ah. angry tweets to me. I'm following on from last week's podcast when you asked for a medical opinion about the rate of Tony's recovery, Royfield. I drove over to the hospital at Birmingham to look through Tony's notes to refresh my memory of the timeline. If Jojo Sexy Hills gets to hear about this in her role in patient confidentiality, then I'll be in big trouble, so please keep this just between us. Tony had his minor disagreement with Otto on the 13th of November. The tracheostomy was put in on the 28th of November and was taken out sometime towards the end of December, but this isn't clear from his hospital note. He lovingly squeezed Pat's hand on the 12th of December and gasped his first words to Peggy on Boxing Day. So, it's been almost a couple of months since the Bridge Farm reenactment of the Pamploma Bull Run, and Tony isn't exactly cartwheeling down the hospital ward, just talking and being measured for crutches. The other factor that needs to be considered is Tony's sunny and optimistic disposition that will greatly help speed his recovery. My medical opinion is that his rate of recovery is par for the course. I've had a word with my colleagues at Felpersham General for when he's transferred there and they promise to look after him well and not sit on his broken leg on the bed like some carry-on film. On another vaguely medical theme, I have a plot prediction that unlike my others that have been wider the mark, I am positive will play out. The BBC teaser for Friday's episode was It's Double Trouble for Rob and Lillian. Well, Lillian, as we all know, had an affair with Matt's half-brother, Paul. Rob's double trouble refers to the plotting Jess, who has slept with his long-lost identical twin brother in order to get pregnant. 
suggests knows that the DNA test will show poor misunderstood Rob as the father, but he is not. Rob won't be able to explain this away and his head will explode. Simple. Um, and so your brother's rung in, Paul Room. Oh. Um, he thinks that Rob's love lost brother shagged Jess, and when he finds out, Rob's head will explode. This is from a mili- This is from a medical man, Paul. I wouldn't trust you to cure bacon, love. You clearly don't know what you're talking about. No one's head's going to explode. And Rob, does Rob have a brother? I seem to remember that there was something about a brother. But he doesn't really talk about his family full stop. Does no, because he... T- oh, that's right. No, he talked about playing cricket with his brothers and getting really, really oh, competitive. Yes, yes. Well done. And somebody mm. last week... Now, who was it? Said, farmers don't ever listen to... We said... Oh, the, yes, was it us? Yes. Yes. Nick Tobbert said, Hey, toots... He's very excited about hearing toots. And uh, he said, uh, he, he talks about um, games that he would like uh, Manny Caval- uh, Calavera from Grim Fandango, which is a brilliant game. Um, should move into Ambridge, probably next to Carol Toboggan. And he said, you've no idea what I'm blabbering about. I love the show as always. Occupation Farmer. It's true. Some of us actually do listen to the show. So there we go. Mm. Uh, what's the matter? Oh, nothing, nothing. I just, I'm just relaxing because actually, I'm, I'm uh, broadcasting, so to speak. I'm recording whilst reclining on my bed. And I Are just, you? Yeah, I just had a little stretch, and you just, and you just caught me, and you wanted me to come back and say something. I was in mid-stretch, and that's. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> Don't make that noise. That's very disturbing. Um, uh, and cheers. Who says, Ruth described the latest robotic milking parlour mm. as having the parlour in the centre and the paddocks fanning out like a clock face. If we all don't start immediately referring to this setup as the panopticow, I am going to be seriously disappointed. So that's what we have to do. I can't say that word. Panopticow. No. I can't say it. How do I say it? Panopticow. No, I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well done for giving it a go, though, eh? Um... Hi there. Um, Alison here, otherwise known as Callis or Mistress Callis. Uh, second attempt, because um, I think the first attempt, my Wi-Fi dropped out halfway through, so apologies if you had this before. Um, I just wanted to say, I work in aerospace, and I'd like to know exactly how Alice gets so many holidays. And please, can I have her job instead of mine? On a positive note, I was encouraged to hear about the rain in Ambridge. Bring on Noah's flood, I say. So we finally hear the last of Route B and move into Prudder. Because I've heard quite enough of robotic milking equipment. And what I do want to hear are the howls of disbelief of Lizzie and Kenton when they find out they aren't getting any money. I just can't wait for that. Uh, I also can't wait for Rob to finally get his comeuppance and have to grovel for Helen's forgiveness when he is forced to take a paternity test, as he will eventually be have to do. And preferably, it should be done on the Jeremy Carl show for maximum humiliation. I really want to see him having to grovel. Thanks for all the hard work, Royfield, Lucy, Millie and Harriet, and not forgetting Derek Flesher. And um, thanks, because you brighten up my week no end. Lovely to hear it every week. Thanks a lot. All the best. Bye. And Mistress Cullis. 
Yes. God, do you know? I can't remember what on earth. What did she say? Can you remember? Um, no, but I know that Mistress Collis is. Oh. Ah! I yeah, remember, Mr. Oh, sorry, Mistress Cullis, mm. I think she's a first-time caller. Hoorah, we love her. She's very funny tweets. I and don't think she is. What, a first-time caller? No, I don't think she is. I think she's called in way back when. I thought she was a tweet of the week way back then. I, way back when, I didn't mm. know she was a Please call in next week and tell us whether you were a first-time yes. caller and then you'll become either a second-time caller or, or a third-time caller because I think you'd be a third-time caller if you call in again. Yes. Put us straight, please. And while you're at it, do a dumpty dum because we've run out. But anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, which reminds what? me, we should be getting one b- via accordion any week. Really? So. Yes, 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 wow. yes, yes, yes. Again, uh, my my wondrous host, and and I'm sorry for boring boring everybody with this, but they were just so lovely. Um, you know, showing me all around Sonoma yesterday. But she's uh, Robin is learning the uh, the accordion. And uh, she downloaded the sheet music of Barrett Green, took it into her accordion teacher, because uh, she said she was struggling with it, and she just banged out um, Dum Dee Dum last week, so she's learning that. Wow. Yep. Oh, bless her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she said, um, I only want to do it when I'm note perfect. And I says, what's the fun in that? Record it with all the bum notes <laughs> in it. <laughs> yes. We like a bit of well-meaning amateur. Yes. I think as is evident we like stuff with a bum in it we do <laughs> especially Lucy <laughs> um, yeah, yes she's Mistress Cullis um, yes. she said that she wants Alice's job and do you know what she said she just dropped in casually she said I work in uh, she basically said I'm an astronaut I yes. work in space exploration or similar well she didn't quite go that fuck on Lucy well but it's exciting though isn't it you we've know. got a load of people that do insurance and then we've got an astronaut. <laughs> Yuri Gagarin's wife. Yes. <laughs> no, not Yuri Gagarin's wife. An astronaut. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I'm sexist, remember? You are. Yes, uh, you I know. know. So I'm deliberately calling that. She's just an appendage to a man. Mm. She's not a person in her own right. No. Mistress Cullis Gagarin. Anyway. Uh, yes, I don't understand where the hell Alice gets. I'm bloody freelance and I get less time off than Alice. Oh, um, we haven't heard from Alice for a while, have we? Not since the Blythe Spirit debacle. Mm. Thought it had gone quiet. Wasn't it Good. debacle at all? No, but all the casting nonsense, as always. Mm. Yeah, mm. true. All right. right, have we done the calls? We have. All right. And the emails and everything. By the way, people, please know that I'm joking when I said she was Yorgi Garner's wife and I'm not really sexist (laughs) because, God, (laughs) I'm not a friend of Rob Titchener. (laughs) If I I upset the Isle of Man every time I open me gob, you can upset a few people. It's your turn. I'm not having the whole of the... Yeah, but you've deserved with you, though, because you just know... You just like rubbish that poor, wonderful island, you know, and, and I say things for somewhat weak but for co- for comic value and I want people to know that I am actually joking yeah you just put your size nines in there and do because that's actually what you believe that the Isle of Man is a you know a piddly place but anyway I've never been there they're going to be after you now ha 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 see how you <laughs> ad break time fancy getting your mouth around something warm something comforting you can really get a firm grip on why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. 
now we is back. So Lucy, it's yeah. time for what time is it? <sighs> time for the top five archers hashtag no hashtag the archers tweets of the week. In it. Go for it. In it, though. Um, King Kong said, I have been pondering the mystery of the missing Matt all day. He's either run off with Anthea or Auntie Christine. <laughs> I'd love someone to run off with Auntie Christine. Uh, a nice long way away, not come back. <clears throat> King Bag Carrier, haven't heard from him for a while, said, Somewhere in Mexico, right now, Matt is doing a shot from a stripper's belly button. Uh, and Lady Day said, Lillian, Matt does not need his outdoor clothes in the Caribbean. And moving away from Matt, Cara Schallenberg said, If only Johnny was 25 years older and lived in my town and was, you know, real. <laughs> Which I really liked. And tweet of the week, do you want to do diddly Was from Shaz Cal, who tweets as Pajama Llama. And she said, I love the Archers. 12 minutes an episode, an hour of tweeting. Which is true. No, I don't think even The Voice gets that much post-show tweeting. Mm. Oof. Oof. I think we've done that at a clip, as the Americans would say. Have we? Yeah. Well, you know what? You're actually looking at it. We, we haven't. We've done an hour worth of chat. An hour's worth of chat. So actually, it hasn't been yeah. that fast at all. I think we are just about done, but we need to remind you all that we have more archers and dum de dum related stuff in our shop. So join these cool cats who brought stuff. Helen Redman. Christopher Sanderson. Ashley Rodman. Mr. Martin J. Jargo. Ashley Rodman? Wasn't he? Oh no, that's Derek Rodman. <laughs> no, not Derek Rodman. What was he called? The basketball player. Yeah. Dennis Rodman. Dennis. Derek quite like it big old Derek um uh Karen McDonald Miss S.B. Fram Emma LaRue Hugh Snowden David Snowden Polly Ann Cummins Clive Hayward Claire Maxwell Paul Rum Gary Vaughan Matthew Gladney Helen Palmer Sheridan Pratt Victoria Cole Mr. D.P. Green Shelley Albright Bridget Mary Peake Rupert Brunn Claire Schofield Julie Minns Kirsty Dingwall and Miss D Telford please don't get left out and remember to tweet us or book a face us the pick of you with your goods folks bye 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 now now we know that you love us big time and we love you back and there are many ways that you can show your love for Lucy and I and the wonderful thing that is Dum Dee Dum you can hit the donate button on the site and give us cold hard cash or you can go to patreon.com and search for oh sorry that's you scene <laughs> <laughs> stealer scene stealer you can search for Dumpty Dum and you can donate two dollars a show which is about one pound thirty and we have eight patrons who have already signed up to and donated to the show they are Lorelai Jan Mitchell Jennifer Reber Maeve Beggy Samantha Dean and happy birthday to you Sam Jean Rose Amy Ross Martin Pickering and Sean Geraghty now um, we do have a list of people who have donated but I just didn't want to read out uh, Lucy and I didn't want to read out reams and reams and listen lists of people so we'll do that next week and we'll explain to you how you can even sponsor the show now on to the bit of show which everybody's waiting for it's news reviews news of reviews well it's a well that has run dry folks nothing to see here please move on 
Now, remember, you can send us a voicemail message. We need you to get involved with the show because it's kind of about you and your opinions about what is going on in Archdom. So you call us on 0203-031-3105 from a regular phone if you cannot use the speak pipey bit on our website. You can ping us a regular text message you like via this said same website or you can find at dumdum on the Twitters or you can tweet me at Royfield or me at Lucy V Freeman. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming because you want to be top of the podcast charts before Matt Crawford is discovered in Lubyanka prison. Oh, I've lost my voice. Did I do a lot of talking in that one? I must have done. You don't sound like you lost your voice. No. <laughs> Unless this is telepathy. I'm, I'm reading your, I'm reading oh, your mind. I mean, it, and it hurts. Really? But that's rip. because you're all a bit fluey though, aren't you? Yes. You're going to take something lemsippy. Yes. I hate that. Lockety. Lockety. Yes, I'll take something lockety. Mm. So what are, what have you been taken for your fluiness? Uh, day nurse. Oh, okay. I didn't even know they still sold day nurse. Oh, yes. Do you remember that advert for night nurse? Exactly, where not- yeah. Yes. I was when, I, when I was little, I, we've already talked about Chorlton and the wheelies. I think that, we've gone, that ship sailed. But I think... I always remember thinking, I'm sure that woman shouldn't be in that man's bedroom. <laughs> That's very puritanical. I tell you, that man's wife knows that the, wife's, <laughs> the nurse is right next to him, there. Tell you about adverts from like the 70s and, and, and 80s. And I don't really remember this, but my mum and dad always, always tell this story. Um, remember the advert for Ready Brick? Yes, with the and red line around you. Exactly, exactly. I badgered my mum to buy Ready Brick. Mummy, 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 buy some ready, 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 and then... Oh, you wanted the red line, didn't yes, you? Yes, yes. Oh, it was and... your shot at being a superhero. <laughs> it was just false advertising. For my like, five, <laughs> five-year-old brain, I ran oh, out of the house to walk to school, and there was no red line. I was so oh. disappointed. And my mum asked me, and I come over and say, how was your day at school, son? I went, ready, break doesn't work. <laughs> That's what you mean. Was, no, I didn't have the line. It doesn't work. My poor mother didn't stop laughing all evening oh. till my dad came home from work. <laughs> I was crying my eyes. Out. It doesn't work. It's not funny. It's Don't not laugh. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 70s adverts. Oh. They don't make them like that anymore, do they? No, thank goodness, because they really were. Sh- I mind you, though, if you watch CITV or something, they kind of do because they're terrible. I love the bits at the end now that they have to put on. You know, like American uh, uh, medical adverts where they mm. say it's you know this may not this may or may not work. It may cause death. It may cause injury. It may your head may fall off and you may be sick. Um, even if it's for loo roll or something. <laughs> <laughs> Children's stories adverts are like that now. I have to say, uh, batteries come separately. The good bits come separately. Everything else is going to cost you eight million pounds, and you're only going to unwrap a really crappy little plastic thing, and you're going to be really disappointed. But they have to do it so quickly to get it into the two minutes. It's so funny to listen to there's um i'm because i'm on this kind of uh, thing of talking about really good podcasts but there is a really good podcast ted talks 
you know everybody knows the ted talks Uh, but there is a podcast basically called the ted radio hour where they mash up two or three different uh ted talks into like a theme Mm-hmm. And it could be like unintended consequences and then it's different speakers. And then sometimes they go and interview that speaker about their TED talk, et cetera, et cetera. Um, There's this one which I listened to yesterday, which is actually a rebroadcast. So it's the TED Radio Hour. It's done, done by NPR. And uh, this gentleman was talking about, it's about perception. That was it. It's about perception and how we are just heard uh, herd creatures when it comes to yeah. the power of suggestion but how uh, we can also how that works in let's say, a retail um, kind of setting yeah. and he says so if you have dirty hands the last thing you're going to do is get a dry piece of paper and rub your hands with them to try and get them clean but when we when we wipe our derrieres, that's exactly what we do, and mm. and it and it's this kind of herd mentality when actually we should be using wet wipes. But the perception is that um, wet wipes, when it comes to you know cleaning our posteriors after we do mm-hmm. do do uh, do our movement, is for you know weirdos and, and, and deviants, and it's this mm-hmm. kind of you know perception and kind of herd herd uh, kind of behaviour, and it's an absolutely fascinating show and how Morgan Spurlock managed to make a whole film on product placement and uh, the perception of um, various different kind of advertisers and the fact that they wouldn't even get on the show until one had and then all that. Absolutely fascinating. Ted Radio Hour, very, very good. And that does not go along at a speed. That That's an extremely well-produced um, podcast. So listen to that, folks. Okay. I like your weekly podcast recommendations. Lots of people did your um, American one, didn't they? Yes, I tell you what, I've had a, a, a barrel load of, of downloads, and people have been very happy about it. And 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 Jean Rose, since we've been yes. talking, has tweeted and said she's done the first review on iTunes for it. So oh, fabulous! It. I love Jean Rose. She's great, isn't she? Yeah, no, no, no. And she's um, like, hmm? what's she like? Um, she's like a nice auntie. <laughs> she is. No, she is, and and just to bring this whole conversation kind of kind of full circle, um, it's you'd have to go and have another poo if you were going to bring this whole conversation. Full no, because I'm not going to put that <laughs> in the show. You see, <laughs> okay. But no, we have we're very blessed to have such a lovely community of listeners. Yes, we are. Um, who, when you say that you're not well, people go, "Oh, Lucy, you know what's yeah. what's the matter?" And when I In say saying that I'm horrible and they don't like me, but yeah. <laughs> now you're sounding needy. Who said I, that you're horrible, yeah. Lucy? Um, nobody said I was horrible. Exactly, and you've got to stop typing whilst we're recording because it doesn't half come out on on the. Um, but we're not still recording, are we? Yes, we are. are it's, we? The end, it's the end oh. of the show, but we're still oh, recording. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm. Anyway, what are you going to do for the? Now you've perked up. Have you made your kids their dinner? Uh, yes, I'm going to go and take night nurse and go to bed. That's what I'm going to do. It's all glamour, Roy. All glamour. <laughs> bed at seven oh. Well, no, I'll have to listen to the archers. So bed at seven fourteen, probably. Mm. Oh God, is yeah. the archers on right now? Yes. All right, then let's go then. Let's listen to that. All right. Toodaloo. All right. Bye. 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 bye.
Oh, yeah. And of course, it's important that we all continue to support you and your brother and your family, Roy Field, uh, with your struggles against the Home Office and their utter idiocy. I have my own run-ins with them, but if there's anything that uh, I and I'm sure any of the other podcast listeners can do for you, we'll be right there to help you. But it sounds like you're in really good hands. There are some amazing uh, immigration advisors and definitely immigration counsel in, um, in Birmingham certainly not regarded as the second city by me. There are some, there are some fine, top-class advocates uh, in, in Birmingham, and I'm sure you're being well-served by them. August the 11th, 1965. The bloodiest riot in 40 years of America's troubled racial history begins. Los Angeles, California, the district called Watts, 34 persons die, $40 million worth of property is destroyed, almost 4,000 are arrested. The American Negro, the invisible... It is now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that... Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight. Remember that? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. There have been some demonstrations at this early hour in downtown Chicago's Grant Park. We heard a moment ago that tear gas has been used as the demonstrators are attempting to form a line of parade and march Senator Robert Francis Kennedy on the Abbott Hill. Died at 144 a.m. today, June 6, 1968, with Senator Kennedy. The 1960s, as we understand them, didn't really start happening until about 1965. The framework and the foundation is laid, of course, much earlier. But if you take a look at photographs of American people you can see a change in fashion, style, and the entire culture that occurs sometime between 1964 and 1967. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-